Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Set you free. Happy Tuesday. Happy New Year once again here on the only true democracy in a talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. I'm Leslie Marshall coming at you live in our new time. Uh, this show, my show, has been three hours, uh, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be scaling back just one hour, and this starts the new year. We started it yesterday. We're doing it again today, 3 p.m. Eastern. Set your calendar Monday through Friday for the year 2017. In this hour, not just one, but two great guests joining us, but we want to hear from you as well because you, the American people, have made a significant contribution to uh, the first actions um, or attempt at actions by our congressional members. And this is, as you know, a Republican uh, congressional uh, majority in both the House and the Senate. First up of these two guests is Bob Nay. Bob is author of Sideswipe, Lessons Learned, courtesy of the hitmen of Capitol Hill. It can be found on Amazon.com. He's also co-host of the podcast Door to Door with Bob Nay. And from 1995 to 2006, Bob was congressman of the 18th District of Ohio, a former political analyst and reporter for Talk Media News. More than a pleasure to hear the voice once again on our show today in the new year of 2017, Bob Nay. Uh, Bob, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Bob, initially we saw a vote last night on the outside ethics office and that they needed some revisions. Now, talk about this ethics committee and talk about this office. This is something that you know specifically about, and I think some would say this is actually a committee that was formed because of you or because of allegations against you. Am I correct in that? Well, yes, because of me and Duke Cunningham and, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Rangel and a wide variety of people. Now, Duke and I did time, you know. So I will say I, I know a thing or two about a thing or two about ethics and also the transgressions of them. But after the whole Abramoff affair, this bubbled to the top. So in 2008, I left Congress in 2006, Leslie, in 2008, pure and simple, Nancy Pelosi created, after a study, the Office of Congressional Ethics. And, uh, and I made this statement today before the House reversed itself, which I thought they would, because it was really stupid uh, and, and wrong what they did. But um, this office was created. Now, not all the problems were taken care of. Frankly, trips still go on. So there's you know, a little bit of disingenuous uh, situations here with the Congress. But having said that, it's an office for the most part that works. Now, what they should have done was to tweak it in the sense that if you're not found guilty, you don't put everybody's business all over the newspapers, just as I defended Hillary Clinton, frankly, because Comey should never have said, she's cleared, and by the way, we think this, that, and this of Hillary Clinton. That wasn't fair. It was unprecedented. And if members are cleared, and that's the problem, that they're still, you know, beaten around for being cleared, then the Congress could have tweaked that. They didn't tweak it. They took the baby, took it out of the bathwater, and kicked it down the curb. They, t- they tried to basically gut the thing. In, 
and of course they got heat, and Trump himself, I think, came out and went crazy with it, and the rest is history. Well, we're going to talk in the second half of this hour with uh, our other guests later as to why uh, the Republicans switched course. But as a former Republican congressman, Bob, can you tell us why you think that the Republicans um, in Congress, why the GOP would do this when, qu- quite frankly, this was some people who support Trump for not the rhetoric or not even the economy, but wanted change and didn't want uh, politicians or same old Washington or that swamp they claim to dream, why on earth would they make this the first move? Because the perception, whether it's reality or not by the American people and not just Democrats, is w- these people are setting up to hide anything that right. they or the president-elect is going to do. Right. In fact, Trump has his own set of problems of how he's going to deal with his business, so he had to come out against this, frankly, uh, you know, politically. Uh, but the House itself, I, I, I will tell you what happened. The, there are Democratic and Republican members, I should mention, but the Republicans run the House, so this is their problem. But there are Democratic members, too. They've been very unhappy with some of the way this has all went down. So the Republicans, you know, yielded to some internal pressure. The Speaker himself didn't want it done, but they still went full steam, and I think they thought they could explain their way out of it. But what it shows is, frankly, I mean, this is like deja vu of the past when I was there, the fact they don't think things through. You know, if, if you don't like a health care bill, don't do away with it. You know, tweak it, make it work. If, if the ethics law isn't working, they could have communicated with the Democratic side, Leslie. They could have come up with something that would have just sailed right through, would have tweaked the system where it doesn't work. It's an unfair situation, let's say, for members. But instead, they just, you know, seize their power. Here they are. They're going to do it the opening day, and it's just, it's, it's just going to ram through. They simply didn't figure it out. Now, I think also there's probably some ethics filings that are about to come around the corner, and more people are going to utilize this, this standards committee, and some of the leaders uh, in the Republican side maybe had some fear this was going to, you know, this committee is going to come back to, quote, continue to haunt them. So some of it was self-serving, just not thought through whatsoever. They were flexing their opening day muscle. Uh, but, but quite frankly, when you have those who supported Trump but hate the GOP, in particular uh, Paul Ryan, who has been um, confirmed uh, now as House Speaker once again in the new GOP-controlled House and Senate Congress, uh, are in session officially today, officially just uh, you know within the past hour. Uh, right. what, uh, you know, you have Trump supporters who don't like the GOP. You certainly have Democrats right. who don't like the GOP, and sure. then you have independents and people who voted for either Gary Johnson, uh, Jill Stein, where Bernie supporters are stayed home uh, that don't like Washington or politicians. Um, this was a very bad PR move, and maybe because it oh. happened so fast, it won't affect them. Um, but or, or will it? Will it affect them? Will this be uh, lodged? in voters' uh, memories as the first step, even though they, they backpedaled on it. Well, I mean, look, it, it's going to be it's a horrible mistake. Even if, let's say, hypothetically, they're 99% correct. Let's say they, they're not. But let's hypothetically say that. In this era, in this day and time, with all that has happened in 2016, who on earth in their right minds does anything to take ethics issues back even one dot? Why on earth would anyone do that? It's, it's self-protecting, it's self-serving, and this was the dumbest move, and, and they're going to be known as the leadership under the Republican control that tried to, quote, gut, gut ethics. Uh, 
Uh, it, it's a bad start. Plus, look what they did. They messed up their opening day message beyond comprehension. The opening day message should be, here's what we're doing. We're running an effective shop. What's the opening day message? They're trying to reverse something that's been there since 2008 that's self-serving to protect their own interests when it comes to corruption. I mean, how could you step on a message any better than they have? The other thing, Bob, is so people understand, first off, um, you know, in, in, in the uh, Reader's Digest version, can you explain to the people listening who may not be aware of what this um, committee uh, is supposed to do um, so that people know what originally the Republicans were trying to, do, you know, do away with? What, you know, what is it? What were they trying to do away with? And then I want to talk uh, maybe after the break about the tweaks you, you recommend. Sure. In 2008, Nancy Pelosi, who was then the speaker, created this committee because uh, of, the, of the ethics problems arose uh, with myself, Jack Abramoff, and a whole slew of terrible publicity you know, for the House. Um, but what the basic bottom line nutshell of the committee is this. You have a sitting House Ethics Committee, but this is an independent board of people who are not in the government, the board of directors. They have independent counsel. They can't do subpoenas. But they can take, you know, you could talk to somebody about an ethics problem. A staffer could talk about an ethics problem. So it doesn't have to be member-driven. Remember that previous to this committee, the only way you could make an ethics charge on a member is for another member to file it. So think about that. If I'm chairman of a committee, Leslie, and you're one of my members, and you don't like something ethically I've done, are you really going to go to the ethics committee when I'm chairman of the transportation committee? You're really going to want to go there and file a charge on me? That's how it used to work. So this is an outside independent council that would filter through anyone's charges, any citizen, advocacy group, whoever. So that's the big key difference. The House Ethics Committee, which still exists, again, could only take internal requests from members to file an ethics charge. So this was an independent body they created that then turned it over to the Ethics Committee for further action to the Justice Department or not to make a decision. So. It's an outside independent review that is not part of the Congress. Okay, so um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of those tweaks you recommend. Uh, okay. Stick with us. It's good to have former congressmen, former Republican congressmen, who knows this committee very well. Uh, we're talking about the Ethics Committee, the initial vote last night, the turnaround. We'll talk about why coming up in the next um, second half of the show. But next up, uh, Bob's opinion, not just you heard on the initial vote last night but uh, and the committee itself. Uh, we're going to talk more about that and the tweaks that he recommends. Uh, Bob Nays joining us, author of Sideswipe, Lessons Learned Courtesy of the Hitmen of Capitol Hill. You can find it on Amazon.com. Co-host of the podcast, Door to Door with Bob Nay. And like I said, former congressman of the 18th District of Ohio. Back with him, back with you right after this. back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Tuesday. Happy New Year. And we are glad to have back with us Bob Nay, author of Sideswiped Lessons Learned, courtesy of the hit men of Capitol Hill. You can find it at Amazon. Co-host of the podcast Door to Door with Bob Nay. And from 95 to 2006, he was congressman of the 18th District of Ohio, former congressman. He's also a former political analyst and reporter for Talk Media News, if you know his name from that more. And glad to have him with us. 
uh, today, talking about that initial vote last night from Republicans on the Ethics Committee and uh, how they did an about-face and very quickly did an about-face. Bob, thanks for holding. Welcome back. Um, we were talking before the break, and you had mentioned and even written about this today, um, how you think this committee um, is necessary, but you also think that there are some problems with it. There needs to be some reformation or technically some tweaks. Am I correct in that? And if so, could you speak to me about what you think those should be? Sure, Leslie. And, and they should be, uh, one should be absolutely minor uh, in the sense that if somebody goes to the outside review committee and they accuse somebody in Congress of something and a report's put together, that's transmitted to the House Ethics Committee. If, in fact, that whole process finds them not guilty of anything, right, that information then doesn't need to be released. Right now, they release it. Again, it's the same thing that was done very unfairly to Hillary Clinton, with Comey saying, she's cleared, but oh, by the way, this and that, and I think she did this wrong. You don't normally do that. If a, if a human being is cleared anywhere in the legal system and they're not indicted, you don't say, well, here's all the information we looked at, by the way. But we didn't indict them. You know, there's a process here. So, yes, to protect members, you know, credibility and their their name, if they're in, accused unjustly, which can happen, then you know, that that if they're, if they're found completely innocent, you don't need to trash all the details of accusations that weren't true. So that that's a tweak they could have agreed with. The second part is anonymous. You know, anybody can call in on anything. They should always reveal to the Ethics Committee, you know, who in fact is making the allegation. I think that's only fair. So I consider those minor tweaks, but the rest of it should stay intact. Independent staff, independent board of directors, the ability to refer it, you know, the ability to, you know, investigate. That needs to all stay intact. So the tweaks I mentioned, I think, could have been, frankly, worked out. But again, the Republicans chose a course beyond my imagination of why they would go that direction, but they did. You had mentioned throwing the baby out with the bathwater, throwing the baby out the bathwater, the tub, sink, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, even though they, uh, you know, reneged on this or, you know, did, uh, you know, reverse course and about face, do you mm-hmm. think that they will try to do it again in the future? Well, only, they can only do these rules changes every two years. And I think they got burnt on this one. Now, this might bubble up. Maybe the overview committee makes some mistakes, and then they could sit down together and not do away with it. I think they're going to have to do more, actually. Everything that I did with Jack Abramoff on the trips and Tom DeLay did to Scotland are all done today in the sense that the trips are still allowed. So I even want them to go further, you know, ban, ban the trips. They haven't done that yet. You know, they haven't scrutinized those trips enough. So I think this committee can do more on that. They might try down the road, but I think they got burnt so bad this issue's gone for two years. They're going to have to really backtrack. And by the way, how about the people that actually voted to undo this and then it wasn't undone? That's the worst thing in politics. If you're going to vote to do something, then it's not undone. You're really in bad shape. Uh, in the, in the, after the next break, we have another guest that's going to join us and, and talk about what prompted them uh, to um, do this. But do, do, you, do you think this is a sign to come, which is that 
there isn't the unity in the party, despite the fact they have a majority, um, and they feel, even though there is no, to me, evidence of a mandate that they have a mandate, um, because there is there there are people that are pro-Trump but you know anti-Republican. There are people that are anti-Republican, and within the Republican Party, there are different types of Republicans: mm-hmm. Trump Republicans, Tea Party Republicans. It's fragmented. Do you think we're going to see more of this? Um, hey, we're going to do this. No, we're not. Oh, yeah. and, and, and quick turnaround going forward in this year. Oh, yes, two, two pieces of advice to them. One is get they need to get their act together. If you're going to do something, then plan it, execute it, justify it, and do it. Don't, don't run the government this way. Well, we think we'll do this and take the temperature and then reverse it. If you really believe in something and you can organize it, do it. That's my piece of advice, and you're going to see more of this kind of, of nonsense because they don't have their act together. My other advice to my friends on, on the Democratic side is don't think that you can just sit back and watch all these Republican mistakes and, and you're going to win the House or Senate back. You've got to have your own mantra. <laughs> A little bit of friendly advice to both sides. Oh, no, they have to. I'm a Democrat. You know, we got to fight like hell, and quite frankly, yes. get people out in the midterms, because Democrats Republicans are... Republicans are going to make their own mistakes. Oh, yeah. So Democrats let them are, do it. It shouldn't take us six years to gain majority again, as we saw uh, historically happen in the past. Bob, there are people out there, whether they are psychics, uh, people who are hopeful, um, or people that just look at how many potential conflicts of interest that President-elect Trump might have. And there are a lot of people that feel um, that he will be impeached um, at some point in the next, let's say, four years. Does the actions or attempted original actions of the GOP show that that's probably not going to happen, even if they don't like Donald Trump, with this type of a move. Even though they're not necessarily linked, there is the issue of ethics involved, obviously, if one is to bring impeachment against a sitting president. Well, right. I mean, the House would probably never undertake it because the Trump base would go completely crazy with it. Uh, they would have trouble, although the House might entertain hearings, which would hurt Trump just as much, honestly, as anything under the sun. I think one of the biggest Achilles heels that the Trump people have to take a really good legitimate look at is, you know, how that business is run with him as president, whether it's legal to do this as a president or not. So this isn't going to be the last of the of the ethics arguments that are going to be out there, but the House itself will have a nervous breakdown if that happens. Bob, we love you. Bob Nay, live. And like I said, he's got a great book. you got to check it out on Amazon.com. And you also got to check out his uh, podcast. And that podcast is, where's my stuff here? Podcast is, he's co-hosting Door to Door with Bob Nay. And check out his book, Sideswipe Lessons Learned, Courtesy of the Hitmen of Capitol Hill. Find it on Amazon. I'm Leslie Marshall. back. I'm Leslie Marshall. How you doing? Happy Tuesday and Happy New Year for those of you that weren't with us yesterday. Uh, glad to have with us in this hour the second of two guests. Jonah Minkoff-Zern is co-director of Public Citizens Democracy is for People campaign for a constitutional amendment to overturn the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling and take control of our nation away from billionaires and big business and restore it to the people. Thank you for joining us, Jonah. Good afternoon. Welcome and Happy New Year. Good afternoon. Happy New Year, Leslie. Thanks so much for having me. 
Well, although Trump tweets, and we'll probably at some point while we're talking take credit for this, and there are so many, uh, unfortunately, media outlets giving him credit, um, House Republicans have suspended their efforts to gut the ethics office, but the credit should not go to President-elect Trump, but rather the actual will of the people and the public outrage uh, that we know jammed those phone lines of our congressional members, especially congressional Republicans, correct? Absolutely. And it's really a testament to the fact that, that we can win, um, you know, that we don't have to feel hopeless for the next four years, but we can rise up against this, this extremist agenda, this bigoted agenda, this dangerous agenda, and, uh, and win and, and push back. Um, and, and I also think we can win positive things as we do it and build an agenda that we believe in. Uh, this was due to enormous public uh, backlash. Um, why do you uh, think that more media outlets are not reporting that? I mean, the fact that Trump didn't even take credit for it, I think he knows it was not his tweet. Or can we just look at the timing of the tweet versus the decision by the GOP? Right. Well, I think it, it's very clear that this was not about Donald Trump tweeting something. This was about the public resisting, the public standing up. And I, and I think we are in an era where we can really push back quickly, where we can respond by social media, we can respond. And I think calling congressional staffers and con- people again and again that we're working with and we encourage to call said that they couldn't get through because the lines were being flooded with calls of people who are outraged about this today. Um, and we can do that again and again. Tomorrow is a national call-in day uh, to support Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren's bill, uh, demanding or, or requiring that Trump divest from his conflict of interest. Uh, the next day is a national call-in day uh, to demand that our senators vote against Jeff Sessions for Attorney General. Um, these are just some examples um, of many, many actions being planned over the next month and months uh, that we can really effectively do, and we can push back and, and stop this agenda. Why do you think the GOP listened to the will of the people this time around? And I say that because, you know, we have seen in the past where, um, you know, getting out of Iraq, as an example, it was overwhelming bipartisan support to stop the war uh, in Iraq, to get out and to bring our troops home, and yet uh, Congress didn't listen. There is overwhelming bipartisan support um, to address and reform illegal immigration and to provide, quite frankly, a pathway uh, to citizenship. There's overwhelming bipartisan support regarding the disparity in, um, in income and earnings and increasing minimum wage. The list goes on. Why do you think now the GOP is listening when the will of the people has fallen upon deaf ears in the past? Well, I think there's, I think there's a few things. I think people are, are speaking out now in a, in a way, and I and definitely did around the Iraq war, but I think that there's this sense of deep outrage that's taking place around the country against this Trump agenda. And I think that the GOP leadership and the GOP members see that their leadership is tenuous. You know, they lost by nearly three million popular votes for the presidency. Trump doesn't have a mandate. Um, and while they hold the majority of the seats in the Senate um, and the House, they did not get the majority of the votes for Congress either. They, they, they hold those, those positions of power because of gerrymandering um, in the House especially. Uh, so, um, well, uh, but in both, in both cases, they don't have a majority of voters who supported them. Um, and, and I think they can see that they're their position of power is tenuous, and the more we speak up, the more they're going to feel that way. Um, 
there's a great guide, uh, Indivisible Guide, which, which I know a lot of people have been talking about. There's a great op-ed that they wrote in the New York Times about it today that goes through um, how we can mirror some of the things that the Tea Party did, um, and the Tea Party did not act in a way that was principled. We should act in a way that's principled. But they, they used techniques that were successful in just really being present everywhere that their members of Congress were, calling them on the phone, being in the media, being at events, holding banners, everywhere that they went, everything that they did, the Tea Party was present. And we need to mirror that for all of our members of Congress to make sure that they stand up strongly uh, against the Trump agenda. And I think it's a, that this guide and the popularity, I've, I've been working with some of the authors, um, and they are really astounded. They said, well, maybe, you know, maybe my mom will like it on Facebook, and that's about the extent of it. And they really, but it's become this huge thing, and I think it, it shows that people believe that we can make uh, change and that they're looking for a good way to do it. And I think that this is one example of, of how we can do it. Uh, the victory today and more intensively this, this guide and this way of taking on our members of Congress and making sure that they're accountable to us on a local level. A couple of things here, um, and I'm, not, uh, I'm a pessimist, so I'm not trying to make lemons out of lemonade. However, perhaps the election of, or you, you know, the success of, of Donald Trump has been to motivate those who are so outraged that he actually is going to be our president after the rhetoric and the things that he wants to put forth uh, and changes he wants to make to this country over the next four years. Um, do you do you agree that you know, in a sense, Donald Trump has lit a match under the butts of those in America that may have not picked up a phone before? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that the Women's March, um, you know, womensmarch.com, uh, that people are mobilizing in D.C. and all around the country on January 21st, uh, the Indivisible Guide, invisibleguide.com, that these are examples of this, but people really are angry. You know, their actions here in Syracuse, uh, where I am, their actions every week um, at our, our members of Congress's office. Um, we're a small city, and there are multiple meetings taking place every day here. Um, it really, there's just really a sense everywhere. Everywhere I speak to people, I, I just went on vacation and meeting people um, who've never been really politically active before, but really feel compelled to speak up and fight back. Uh, now's the time because we we have to because we're really, um, you know, our nation is is at risk in many ways. Our democracy is at risk in a deep sense. Um, but but today's victory is just one example of how when. We can stop this, and we can use it as an opportunity to to build a movement that's going to create positive change. We're not going to win everything. We're we're going to lose on things, and we can't let that uh, put us in a sense of being reactionary or fearful. We have to have hope. We have to fight on these things, and and I think we can really win big victories. And right away, things like the Affordable Care Act, Medicare, taxes on the wealthy, uh, there are uh, many of his nominees. There are victories that we can win right now that are going to set the tone of what he can do and how emboldened he and the Republican leadership feel to, to fight back against basic rights in our communities. Uh, there, I, I think also that um, the unprecedented manner in which President-elect Donald Trump has been communicating, um, Twitter as an example, um, has also, in a sense, changed things for the American people. 
uh, because he is posting things on Twitter, and normally presidents of the past have not, uh, the American people, I think, are looking more to Twitter and other social media sites like Facebook or you know Instagram, and, and I think that they're then reading messages of organizations like yours or the Women's March or anybody else saying, hey, this is what's going on, hashtag resist. And I think this today is a true example of what resist means. I had a Republican friend of mine said, I love you, Leslie, and you and your Democratic buddies resist. How do you resist? Not my president. How is he not going to be your president? Well, this is an example of democracy at work. This is an example of exercising your First Amendment freedom of speech. You don't have to put a cardboard box in the park. You actually have power. Uh, to with, with the, the people have power because I think with an unprecedented election outcome, there are many people uh, in the GOP who consider themselves part of that swamp that America wants to drain, Trumpkins as well. Right, and we and we have to show those people that Trump is is that corruption. He is that swamp in a in an extreme way. And we have a website, the corporatecabinet.org, that we've set up to follow his appointees. Um, people should sign up on our website, democracyisforpeople.org. Sign our petition, and you'll start getting information like alerts about what happened today. Um, and you know, follow us on on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, um, and, and get involved. I think now is a, a key time. Uh, for it, then I think we can really. People aren't getting what they asked for. They they didn't elect this man to, pre, or they didn't think they were electing this man. They thought they were electing someone who would stand for them, not corporate, not the corporate elite, not the billionaires. And uh, they are going to very quickly see that they're being duped, and we have to help show them that, um, and help get them active in fighting against him. We really thank you for being with us today. Uh, and by the way, let's hope that this uh, resistance and these phone calls continue for things like um, overturning Citizens United, uh, which uh, Jonah and his organization are very, uh, very passionate about. Jonah Minkoff, Zern, and he is co-director of Public Citizens Democracy is for People campaign. Follow him on Twitter at JonahMZ. Check out the website, citizen.org. When we come back, we're going to be taking your phone calls for a bit in this last segment before Talk Media News joins us live from our nation's capital. So call me now, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That's 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What did you think about the Republicans wanting to throw out the Ethics Committee? What did you think about the turnaround? And what did you think about the media giving Trump credit for that when he tweeted, hey, you shouldn't do this to make it a priority? And what do you think about the real reason they did this, which is the people making their opinions known, picking up the phone, emailing, texting, tweeting, and so forth. Pick up the phone and join me, America. This is our nation. If you want to resist and take America back, you can't be silent. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Back in a moment. We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join us and give us your opinion on the GOP wanting to get rid of the Ethics Committee, turning it around, Trump tweeting, people saying Trump was responsible, but the reality is the American people were. Speaking of, let's go to the people, starting in line, on line three in Manassas, Virginia. Ishmael joins us. Ishmael, Happy New Year. Good afternoon. What are your thoughts on this? Leslie, Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much. This is the only way we can fight back. This is a perfect example of how we're going to take our government back and how we're going to basically show uh, Trump and, and Congress that we're in control. I wrote to my congressman, Warner. I've been calling their office, constantly letting them know that they need to basically not allow this to happen. And as far as the media, the media is basically with Trump since day one. This is how they get a rating, and it's really upset 
you know, that we don't have a, a different media. And the last thing that I want to mention to you, Leslie, I know you live, you live in the LA, LA area. Barbara Boxer is now running for her office. You should run for it. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Kamala Harris actually she, ran for her office and, and won. She was sworn in today. She did? Okay, I didn't know. But, but we need you in there in Congress. You and Mark Levin out there fighting for us, Leslie. Oh, well, I, I appreciate Actually, I've been approached, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm considering it, but it'll have to be in a few years because of my kids. I don't, I don't want, okay. I can't, I can't do a, I can't commute back and forth and be by coastal at this point in my life, uh, at least at this point in my life. Yeah, you have to see. You never know. I mean, if an opportunity came, hey, listen, if Hillary had been elected and offered me an incredible opportunity in Washington, my husband and I would have to have a come to Jesus talk, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Ishmael, let me ask you something. When you yes, called so that people understand, um, what what was the response uh, to um, your you know plea to your congressional members? Absolutely. The, the, the first thing they try to give you the runaround. You know, let me. You know, they put you in hall. They tell you, let me call you back. They try to transfer you, but you got to keep calling back directly and ask and tell them that you are a resident of Virginia or whatever state you're calling from, um, and tell them that you really care about this issue and that you're gonna. One thing that I told them that I'm gonna make a note of this that. That, that you guys allowed this happen. If this passed through, you as my representative are responsible for this. But the response is, 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 is being basically they try to like derail you, they try to like give you the runaround, but you have to keep calling and you have to be persistent regarding uh, 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 making your point. And let them know, and let them know that you're very proactive because they try to ask you different questions like, what did you hear about this? You know, uh, they try to give you different information, but you got to counterattack them with facts. So they will know that you're very well informed about all these issues. Wow. Um, I also uh, want to know time consum- consumption on your part. I know there are people listening that are like, I, mm-hmm. I want to do this, man, but I got a job and I got kids to pick up and bring to soccer practice. Oh, how, how much time would you say this has taken uh, out of your life? I'll be honest with you, it took me about between it took me about roughly about twenty minutes because I just kept on redialing. Okay, so you could te- you you could technically be at work and then yeah. and then you know have your phone on speaker, right? Absolutely, absolutely. While driving, while you're in traffic, okay. This 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 is it. Yeah. People need to make a note of this. I mean, you guys. I mean, we cannot have this happen. And if you if you're not willing to dedicate time, I'm sorry, man. Just like like Marky Mark said, I don't want to hear from you. Don't tell me anything. Just go away. You know. Uh-huh. It, it, this is, this is, you cannot do this. I mean, you cannot, okay. you got to be part of the process. You got to engage in part of the process. No, okay? you're right. And you can't just sit on your butt and just voting isn't enough anymore. Ishmael, thank you. Let's go to line four with Reggie in Decatur, Georgia. Reggie, how you doing? What's your take? Uh, happy to be to you and Marky Mark as well, Leslie. And again, happy New Year to you guys too as well, too. Um, I can't believe that somebody or people actually had the courage and the nerve and the, I mean, I can't believe that they actually, made Donald Trump <laughs> bend over and count out of peer pressure and have him do something right and correct for what he's like. That's not like him to do anything like that at all. I mean, at least of all, bend over and count out of peer pressure. You know, he's used to giving orders, not taking them. Yeah, uh, yeah I hear you. Um, uh, you strike me as somebody, Reggie, that would take the time to make those phone calls. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, correct. And what, what um, every issue that comes up, I mean, is this an issue you took the time to call about? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, somebody has to make a stand sometime. 
Do you, fi- do you find the same response that Ishmael did, that you get the runaround and you need to be diligent, persistent, and tenacious in your efforts when you make these calls? Uh, yes, you do. Because, like, as you said yesterday, there probably needs to work for the American people and fight for them, not for the politicians or the president-elect, correct? Yes. Um, has Trump's election made you more vigilant, or would you say that you're as vigilant as you've been in the past? Well, I'm as much vigilant as I've been in the past. Okay. Thank you, Reggie. Appreciate the call. Keep in mind our number, 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 for the future, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. But right now we go live to our nation's capital with talk. We are just uh, awaiting the uh, call still for Talk Media News. So, Leslie, I actually wanted to make a quick point regarding something that uh, you just mentioned, and this is for those who don't know Mark Rimaldi or Marky Mark. Um, one thing I want to mention is that Jonah, uh, to play off what Jonah said, is that guide that he was talking about. It's called Indivisible guide indivisible guide.com it's very interesting it's basically by um progressive staffers of house progressives um that had to basically be you know subjected to being inundated with tea party pressure during president obama's um terms of office and they wrote this guide about how to be effective and one of the, the things that they did was they called the local offices because as many people know or maybe some don't congressional members have a local phone number for their local office and then they have a dc office and apparently when the local office gets the calls especially if you are a member of that zip code or that district, they are treated much more importantly since those are the people who can actually vote to reelect them or elect their opponent. So that's one trick. And if you're not sure, you can actually go to house.gov um, forward slash representatives forward slash find. Um, there's, or you just Google it, find your representative, and it'll actually tell you, and it'll give you both numbers. So that's one trick. And if you want to not read the whole guide, you can go um, to the New York Times op-ed today talking about it. The title is, it's called To Stop Trump, Democrats Can Learn from the Tea Party. Mark, you have become, and I've watched you almost like my child growing over the years, more active, more politically involved in elections, knocking on doors, urging people to get out and vote. You've done it in Pennsylvania. You've done it in Ohio. You've done it for Hillary. You've done it for Barack Obama. Um, but, um, you know, you, and you're somebody who writes a letter, and I've seen that, and you've posted that, or you've emailed me. Um, it, it does uh, Trump's success uh, put that match under your butt? And I say that because you are a millennial. Yes, um, even though I was already doing it, the test for me now is to do it um, with being more busy with my family life since I, you know, full disclosure, I have a toddler and my wife is, is due on January 16th. So it's being it's become harder and harder to do it, but that is lighting a match under me to keep doing it and find ways to do it. You just asked Ishmael, how long does it take? It's every time I do it, I'm always surprised how fast it is. It's almost like the thought of doing it takes longer than actually completing it. Because and, and do you think that stops? What do you think stops most people? Because you know, I have these conversations. I know you do off the air. And in some of these conversations I have, you know, people people are afraid. You know, I don't know. People are afraid of people knowing their phone number, or people are afraid of people uh, knowing their name. You don't have to give your name. No, you're you not don't. necessarily tracing your phone exactly. number. Exactly, and, and it you, doesn't take the time that people often think it would take. Exactly, and I'll give people one tip. Just we're running out of time here. You can press star six seven before you dial the number, and it'll shield your number and make it uh, anonymous. So if that's a concern you want, but we have ten seconds, so I'm going to let you have the last word. Obviously. Okay. Well, sorry. Talk media uh, news probably forgot our new time today. I'm Leslie Marshall. Be with us tomorrow.